The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Live statewide on the Ref Radio Sports Network, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Hit the guys up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439 or sound off on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Now, live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Takes the snap and the shotgun, throws for the corner. Brock Bowers one-on-one, caught, touchdown! He ate him alive, falls down into the end zone. Six more for Georgia. Oscar Delp, the tight end, out at a wideout on this near side. will run it with Robinson, who scored a few moments ago. Shakes and bakes at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, to the 5. Pylon touchdown, left corner. Perfection wears red and black tonight. 15-0, the dogs have done it and won a second consecutive national title. And you can't be any more impressive than the way they did it tonight. 65-7. to What is washing over you right now, Stetson? I don't know, man. Uh, Last one, last uh, champion to the whole damn world, man. I don't know. Just trying to see everybody. Trying not to cry, you know. I, I don't know. This game is over. It is over. Hour two, T-Row in the morning show. Toby and TJ with you. I'm in Lawrence, Kansas today. Going to be in the fog tonight. 7.30 pregame, 8 o'clock tip. I have been told, TJ, I don't know if it's true or not, but I have received a tip that Doug's sermons will be on the call tonight. So There was a Grady joke there I was going to go with, but I, I, I held back. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what's got me in a bad mood is I know that sermons, Maybe sermons that's is going to be yeah. in the arena tonight. We shall see. I don't even know if it's true or not. But uh, Georgia wins last night. 65-7, the national champs. And um, it was a it was a, a blowout, a no contest. It was over from the get go. Back to back titles for Georgia. Stetson Bennett, what an interesting piece of college football history that guy is going to have. TJ, um, I, I I mean, what do you think happens with him at the next level? Is he drafted? Oh, he's a winner. I don't think he's drafted. He just doesn't fit the profile. No, he just he's small. He's I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if someone tried to convert him and use him something else. Maybe he's a late round pick just to kind of get a, a winner on your roster yeah, like maybe, that. And you're like, I maybe. want that guy in my quarterback yeah. room. And worst case scenario, he's a he's a backup. So maybe he gets a chance because he has proven, uh, you know, that he is a championship caliber quarterback. But, um, yeah, I mean, it just uh, 
no locker, no walk on everything they were talking or walk on, no locker when he when he got there to two time national championship quarterback to all these other guys that they tried to recruit over the top of him while he was there and they're now playing other places and he's gone from he has become a very confident individual, by the way. He's gone from kind of this meek, mild, oh shucks. I'm great. It's great to be playing for my hometown team to talking garbage and <laughs> smoking cigars. And he's become Joe Burrow now at Georgia. But I mean, I guess he should be. He, he backed Rings it up. will do that for you. Yeah. He backed it up. So that's what we're trying to do right there, Teach. Win national championships. Uh, Georgia did it last night. That's what Oklahoma's trying to do. That's the goal. What you saw last night, Teach, that's the goal right there. Not just get close. Not just get to the final four, win the whole kit and caboodle. Win the whole enchilada, Teach. That's what you're trying to do right there. It's what you're trying to do and verified why you're making the move that you're making. What moves that? To the SEC. Mm. Explain. They're the ones winning the championships. That's where the talent's at. You want to get that SEC talent. And I think this recruiting class is starting to see the signs of that, that, that those guys know will eventually be playing in that league. And hopefully that continues you know, going here forward, that you're, you're getting the talent like that and having top five, six, seven classes year in and year out and eventually get to the level that Georgia's at. Be in the SEC mm-hmm. in order to get SEC-level talent. talent. Right. Clemson somehow did it and had their run, <laughs> but they're the uh, they're the one that you know they're the oddity in all of it. Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can be Ohio. You can do it. It's just it's difficult. Hmm. He's trying to think if he agrees with that or not. I am trying to think if I agree with it. I want to agree. Well, I'll just think through it on the air. I do think you will see increased I th- I do think you will see uh Oklahoma attract better, bigger, better, more starred recruits being in the SEC. I do think you will see because you can recruit to playing in the SEC as opposed to playing in the Big 12. I think you will see Oklahoma be able to attract better recruits. I also think you have a better recruiting coaching staff now, especially defensively. Maybe well, not that's the, without a doubt, yeah. Maybe not at the quarterback position, but on the defensive side of the ball for sure. So how much of their improved recruiting is because of the better recruiting defensive coaching staff and how much of it is because of they're going to be in the SEC soon. I don't know. Impossible to know the answer to that. But I do think in the long term, regardless of who the coach is, you should be able to recruit a higher level athlete because you're in the SEC, which should allow you when you get onto the college football playoff stage because you have better athletes, better players, you got a better chance of winning the championship. 
So that is a logical connection you have made there that I agree with, that the move to the SEC should give Oklahoma, when they're on the national stage, a better chance to win it all because they're going to be able to recruit better than they could in the Big 12. The other side of that is there are a whole lot of teams in the SEC. There are. Who aren't sniffing a national championship. Absolutely. And should be able to say, like, why isn't Missouri winning national championships? Why isn't Kentucky or Ole Miss or, you know, I guess Auburn won one. South Carolina, they're all in the SEC. Why don't they just automatically give them national championships for being in the SEC? The downside of it is it is a lot harder to get there. So Ohio State and Clemson and until now Oklahoma had the easy path, easier path to get into the party. I do I do think, though, the opening up to 12 helps. There will be, I mean, there's going to be at least three, probably four, maybe five SEC teams, don't you think, in the college football playoff? What yeah. do you think, though? How many SEC teams do you think will be in it? Uh, Twelve. Um. Well, you got to give, <laughs> let's, let's think logically. Six of the spots are going to be taken up by the six conference Right. I champions. think four is a good number every year. You're so probably going to have years with five. There'll be six more spots available to the next six highest-ranked teams. Probably at most three of those six will be SEC. Mm-hmm. So four, three to four a year probably. Maybe an oddball year where there's five. Right. It's just hard because you beat each other up and you get accumulate losses. And Okay. So with the 12-team playoff, just getting into the party will be easier. And then once you're in it, you've got the SEC talent. You should be able to have a better chance of making a run. So, yeah, no, I agree with you. I I think that the move to the SEC is great for a whole lot of reasons. Whether or not, whether or not we look back in 20 years and say it was – better for us to win national championships. I'll be interested to see. I mean, I think it's a logical argument everybody makes. Like, for example, here's the other side of that. What if what if Brent Venables was our head coach the last six years instead of Lincoln Riley? And, and Oklahoma, like, would Oklahoma be able to recruit – well enough to compete in the college football playoff if they had just better defensive players. You know what I'm saying? No, I know what you're saying, yeah. If Ohio State could do it, here's where I'm stubborn. Here's where I'm stubborn. If Ohio State can do it, and if Clemson can do it, Oklahoma can do it, why can't they? Because they haven't. Well, they have. I mean, not not in Seven the times. new. Oh, I, I get yes, I, I yes, I know that. But I'm saying in today's college football world, they have it. Well, today's college football world's been around. You've won for one in what 38, 37, 38 years. You go back to eighty five for the the second one. So yeah. it's been almost four decades. You've won one title. So it, my my point is, if you get into the SEC and you win one every seven, eight years, 
That's way more than you've been winning in the Ooh. last four decades. Is that what's going to happen here? I think, I, yeah, I think that's what the upper echelon SEC teams do. LSU, Alabama's won more than that. Um, Auburn, you've mentioned, has won a title. Um, so I think you run in that world at that point, and you can knock one out every – maybe you go on back-to-back runs like Georgia did and then uh, dip off for a few years and then come back and then you're ready to fight for another one. So – I think it gives you more of an opportunity to win at a much greater rate than what you have been in the Big 12. That's how I look at it. Can Oklahoma win one by staying in the Big 12? Yeah, I think that's possible. But can you win one more often being in the SEC? I believe that's the case, yes. Yeah, that's probably right. I mean, time will tell, I guess. We'll see. It's going to be more fun. I know that. It's going to be more fun. Um, you know, all the new destinations and all the different teams coming here and whenever that first SEC schedule comes out, isn't that going to be fun? Like the 2020, next year, or 25, or oh, whenever definitely. it is when we get yeah. that first SEC schedule and and we start looking at the different destinations we're headed to and the different stadiums we're going to see for the first time and the fan bases that are going to be coming to Norman that have never been here before, haven't been here in forever. I mean, that whole part of it is what really gets my juices flowing. Um, Whether or not it all ends up in resulting in national championships more easily or more or harder. uh, I think you're right. I think you're right. I don't, but I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just, uh, it's going to be an entirely different world. I just the the hard thing for me is this. I despise the league so deeply. You do. There's a hatred there, and you despise it. So I get that. I get that from you. I and I know how we're going to be treated. We've already been treated that way, and I know how we're going to be treated in that league. And I know how. We were treated at the College World Series by Ole Miss fans. <laughs> right. Well, it's Ole, Ole Miss never won a title in anything until then. And the it's just not going to be – that part of it's not going to be very much fun for a while. But – and I don't know how long that is. I guess it's still – they feel like you pull your weight and Oklahoma starts winning stuff and then, and then they probably they embrace back you. Off. But I have spent – 49 years of my life despising that conference. And so to be a part of it is, it is, it is, I'm having a hard time embracing it. I'm excited about it, and I'm also having a hard time being excited about it. It it could be, too, that it's changing so quickly and so rapidly that in five years we're doing a show and we're looking back and saying, you remember when we used to do those shows worried about where they would fall in the pecking order in the SEC and how that move would work. And now look where we're at. And you're what do you not, mean? You're not, well, there's not even an SEC or something, you know. It's just Uh-oh. one big blob of teams that they're fighting for a 12-team playoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least in football. Exist. I don't think that'll ever exist in yeah. the other sports. But Well, whatever happens here, we will be here to document it, TJ, on the T-Row in the morning show because we're not going anywhere, baby. You and I are, you sure are not about going that? anywhere. I don't know. I don't know. Probably. Uh, break time. 
718 in the morning. You can text the show, Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439. We'll be back. It may be 2023, but that doesn't change things around here. At The Ref, we are still dedicated to bringing you the best Sooner coverage in the state and beyond. This is your home for Sooner fans, The Ref Radio Sports Network. Every day, the T-Row in the Morning Show is made possible by Riverwind. Be sure to check out their new uh, gaming areas during the remodel. We've got the River Lounge, the Sky Bridge, the non-smoking Showplace Theater, which shows will return to in the summer of 2023. 1,500-seat theater. They've got the hotel room, or the hotel with uh, over 100 rooms. King, double uh, queen, deluxe king suites. Big thanks to uh, Riverwind. Uh, A few of you have texts. No, I will not be playing the pregame audio from the locker room of Kirby Smart. I looked yeah. at it this morning. I really tried. I started messing with it, and then it was just, I mean, it was one word every, I don't know, 30, 40 seconds or whatever it was. I had to bleep so much, and I was so panicked that if I did it even as a joke that I would slip and not get one of them in there. So I'm just not even going to attempt it. So It is um – it is uh, remarkable. It, it is very much like uh, someone uh, leading an army into battle, it sounds like. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, yeah, go find it. It's, it's on Twitter. It's available if you want to go listen to it. But no, I will not be playing it here. I was, I was really scared I was going to miss a bleep somewhere and not get it in there. So, uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Morning, buddy. Oh, good luck in Lawrence. That was a tremendous win in Lubbock. What are your thoughts on the game tonight? Have a good day. Um, thank you, Carter. Very strange that Carter disappeared through much of the football season and then is back now that football's over. It's normally the opposite. Hmm. Um, I think Kansas is, I think Kansas is, um, I don't think, I think they're good. Okay. Let's start with that. I think they're, I think they're good. I think they're a potential to win back-to-back national championships. Um, I really like Dewan Harris, their point guard. He, He has... Uh, shot the ball really well this year, which was a kind of the thing last year. You didn't have to worry about guarding him out of the three-point line. Uh, but now you do. He's shooting at 52% from out there this year. He's just a smart, heady, composed point guard. Uh, Jalen Wilson has taken his game to another level this year. Uh, Ochai Abaji was the star of this team last season, and Jalen was kind of his the Robin to his Batman, and now he's Batman. And um, he's an okay shooter, but he really just wants to get into the paint, get to the basket. He's got a big body. He's just hard to deal with. Uh, This freshman, Grady Dick, is an outstanding shooter. He's got good size. He's got some moxie to his game. He's got the floppy hair. Uh, You're not going to like him. 
And then they've got, like, K.J. Adams is a good athlete. Uh, Joseph Yesifu gives them a little bit of a punch off the bench. They went and got Kevin McCuller from Texas Tech, which adds a, a toughness element to him. You remember McCuller out there, T.J., was he was just kind of the guy that was always in the middle of everything. You know, he's an irritant and plays hard, and he's a good rebounder and just a good all-around guy, good player that adds some toughness. What they don't really have, well, two things. I, I do think there are a couple of weaknesses on this team, relatively. I mean, they're, you know, they don't have the great big man that they've had in recent years. The last how many ever years it feels like, TJ, they've had the 6'10 to 7 foot, 250 pound guy that was just a monster. Mm-hmm. Now, they've got a freshman. Ernest Uday, who is that, but he's averaging two points a game this year, and he'll play a little bit tonight, but he hasn't figured it out yet. He's not a major factor in what they're doing. They they run small a lot. They're they're really a five-guard lineup or four guards in a forward lineup, and and they don't – so they don't have that guy to throw it into that causes a double-team six-foot – 10-11 10-11 guy that they've had in the past. Not Again, they do have one, but he's not a major factor in what they're doing. And the other thing is, they're pretty thin. I mean, they're, they're, the, the guys that start are the guys that score. Um, no, everybody, Nobody off the bench is averaging more than four points a game. Uh, that's not to say Yesifu couldn't come in and hit a couple of threes. Uh, Pettiford couldn't come in and hit a shot, but for the most part, it's the five. They're they're scoring the vast bulk of the points. They're playing the vast bulk of the minutes. So they're relatively thin for a Kansas team. They're not coming at you with with waves of uh, of athletes. So that's a couple of potential weak spots for them when it comes to the NCAA tournament or on down the line. But they're good. They're well-constructed. They've got a point guard. They've got guys that can shoot. They've got guys that can slash. They've got tough guys that love to play defense. They've got a Hall of Fame coach. And and the most important thing tonight is this arena. I mean, you, you this place is worth, I don't know, eight to ten points. Um, when you factor in the crowd and the mojo that they give you and what it does to officials – it's eight to ten points difference, maybe. I mean, you've got to be ten points better than these guys to beat them here. Mm. And uh, so that's the that's tough hard part. To do. That's the tough part. Now, Oklahoma's played well here. I know they haven't won, but they're they had a chance last year. They had a chance the year before. They they have taken Kansas to the wire repeatedly, more years than not here. The last decade. They've played well. They just have not been able in the last four minutes to make the shot or get the stop. Or, you know, in the in the case of the triple overtime game, TJ, they had Kadeem Latin at the line. If he makes a free throw, they win it. And he missed it. So they haven't had the finishing punch, but they've played pretty well here. I, I do think I do think Oklahoma's got a couple of like uh, Tanner Groves is a matchup issue for them. If Tanner and Jacob but especially Tanner, 
could have a good night shooting the ball, and he has historically loved playing Kansas. He's had his best games against Kansas, both at Eastern Washington and at OU. They got to come out and play him on the perimeter. He he's a little bit of an issue, uh, I, you know. Milos is off the dribble has become a problem. Grant Sherfield is. I I think Oklahoma's got every possibility of being in this game tonight and and again taking them to the wire and pushing them. Uh, but it's going to come down to what happens, you know, in those final four minutes. And in this building, you kind of got to believe it to. See it to believe it, right? Like that that you're gonna get the break or make the shot. Who was it last year? Um, it was uh, 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 who took the shot here to win it last year or put it into overtime. I think they were. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they were down two. They came down, and it wasn't Tanner. It was the point guard. Uh, Gord, uh, uh, Jordan Goldwire. Goldwire was having a big game, if I remember correctly. And I think he shot like an elbow jumper that missed that would have sent it to overtime. Am I remembering that correctly? And we were it like, you should have taken I don't know the if three it was, to try to beat I don't him. know if it was Mo. I don't know if it was Goldwire. It seemed like it was one of those two guys. I think it was Goldwire, though. Yeah, last year it was 71-69. And I think afterwards we were saying, I wished he had kicked it out and tried the three. I think Tanner was open up top. And you're like, man, go for the shot to beat him instead of trying to get into overtime, if I remember correctly. I think it was Goldwire. You might be right. Maybe it was Gibson. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of one of those we've never – we haven't seen it in 30 years. So you got to see it to believe it that the – the break's going to go their way or the shot's going to go in or the call's going to go their way in crunch time that's going to enable them to win here. But just from an X's and O's standpoint, um, they got a shot. They got a shot. I mean, we'll see. Kansas is really, really good. They're going to have to – OU's going to have to shoot an excellent percentage tonight. They're going to have to hope Kansas is off their game a little bit. They're going to have to get a couple of breaks to go their way, but – uh, OSU took them right to the wire and led them most of the night here. That Texas Tech team that we just saw, TJ, should have beaten Kansas last midweek in Lubbock. Mm-hmm. So they're not invincible. They're just really tough in this building. We'll be back. The Ref Radio Sports <laughs> Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. We had some portal activity yesterday, TJ. Um, Devon Sears, Texas State defensive lineman chooses OU. The defensive line hall continues to get bigger and bigger for uh, Brent Venables in this uh this uh, portal season here. That's four of them now. Trace Ford, Jacob Lacey, Rondell Bothroyd, and Devon Sears. Uh, impressive. We shall see how good these guys are when they get here, but um, excited about that. The other side of it. David- I'm just glad to have a Sears back in town. I was sad when Sears <laughs> left. I'm glad to have one back in town. That's pretty good. Uh, The other side of it, David Aguebu has entered the portal. We found that out yesterday. Thoughts? 
my thoughts were, dang. And then I was like, okay. It was, um... Depth experience, you kind of wanted him there, but then again, you probably didn't want him being a key factor next year if they've advanced in the way that you want them to, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think that's where I was with David Aguebu. I hope the best for him. I hope it works out for him. I think it was maybe one of those maybe both best for both sides kind of things. That's kind of how I felt about it. I mean, he's got big career stats. Second on the team this year in tackles, I believe. So, Yeah, he's top five in the Big 12. Yeah. He's got 210, somewhere around there, career tackles. Uh, unbelievable interception against OSU oh, yeah. mm-hmm. a couple years back. Um, 6'4", 250. I mean, he, he is a massive linebacker. But... And I was talking to Coach Moser last night at dinner about this. He was asking about how big of a loss is this. I do think that, listen, everybody this year was wanting to see more Jaron Canick, right? Right. And I know from having talked talk to the defensive coaches that they love Kip Lewis and Jaron Canick. Love them. Not like them. Love them. And so I think you got those two guys with Stutzman. Maybe Kobe McKenzie becomes a guy that helps out there too. I haven't heard him as much coming out of, of you know, the mouths, but I, I maybe. You've got Dasan McCullough, who's going to play somewhere. Uh, maybe Cheetah, but maybe not. Uh, and you got a couple of new guys, and, and freshman is a spot where you wouldn't necessarily expect to uh, lean on true freshmen right away, but it, it wouldn't be unheard of. Samuel Osamigo, Lewis Carter, very highly thought of in this uh, signing class. Uh, the, the, the Phil Pachati kid out of uh, Pennsylvania. So there's there's other options there, but I think my answer would be, if you asked me before yesterday, would you rather keep Aguebu or have him go? I would say I'd rather keep him. It's better yeah, right. to have depth. Too much, yeah. Uh, more even is better gets, in that situation, yes. Even if he gets beat out, I would rather have him as a backup than not have a backup. So I'd rather have David Aguebu. But do I think it makes Oklahoma a worse football team? Not necessarily. I think... It opens the door for an exciting young player to get his opportunity. Be that Canick or Lewis, I think. Are, uh, now, I, I, what did Teddy say about this yesterday? Do you know? I, I did not hear uh, his thoughts on it. I'm not sure. Hmm. I, I, I'm very intrigued to see how they end up using McCullough. Um. You know, I think that the the Indiana McCullough, Dasan, the older one, the linebacker defensive end that came in, um, he's got a body type that is versatile, 
I think he's he's got the athleticism to kind of do a multitude of things. He's actually a little bit, I mean, he's a little bit taller than uh, Aguebu was. He's not as thick, but he's 6'5", 230, 225, something like that. So he could be a linebacker, I think. He could be a defensive end. He could be a cheetah. I'm very intrigued to see where they decide they want him to end up. And Could you have McCullough and Stutzman running there side by side? I, I don't know. There, there are options, but um, when I, I'm exactly what you thought. When I saw it yesterday, I thought, dang. And then I was like, oh, this will give Canick and Kip Lewis a good shot to, you know, be the man. And that excites me. So we shall see. Hey, did you watch the broadcast last night? I mean, obviously you did. Yes. Which broadcast? Just the main I, just, broadcast? Just the main broadcast, yeah. Thoughts? Um, I did not, so uh, just, you know, feel free to uh, let me know. What you, any, anything I need to know about? Mm, Pat McAfee Fowler. was a little bit inappropriate in some of his uh, things that he did last night, but that's not surprising with Pat Such McAfee. Uh, he had a line. I'm not even going to say it, but um, it was an innuendo about... Well, let's just say it was a dirty innuendo about okay, allowing him fine. to be in your in your living rooms, basically uh, throughout the year. Um, Fowler and Herb Street were fine. Show? Um, yes. Okay. Um, I mean, it was an ESPN broadcast. I, I didn't have any problems with it. I like Herb Street and those guys. So it was a hard game to call in the fact that there was no drama. It was you knew the outcome. It was just kind of. You know, it was a difficult game to get through, but they did the best they could. So, but has, no, I didn't have a problem with any of the broadcast or anything last night. Has Fowler grown on you yet to where he sounds like a big game? Um, I still, when I hear Fowler, I still think, why is the game day host on uh, in the booth? <laughs> and I don't think I'll ever get over that. I just don't. Yeah. He's not bad at his job. It's just I, I can't envision him as anything but sitting there on Saturday mornings behind that desk. No matter how long Reese does it, or they've been in this role, I just that's how I see him and that's how I hear him. So let me ask you this: This would be a brutal move to make, but we've seen ESPN do brutal things through the years, right? To some of their most beloved people, Joe Buck works for them now. How would you feel about Joe Buck moving into that? I role? am a, a, a rare in this world. I am a person that loves Joe Buck. I love Joe Buck too. Uh, most people hate him and despise uh, him. I don't so, know about most people, but a lot. A of lot. Um, so I would love it. Yeah, I love anything that Joe calls. That was what is kind of what you're talking about. I feel like it's a, a big game. Like I would have felt going into that game last night when it started. Boy, this is bigger than it is. I felt it was a big game last night, and it was the national championship. But Chris Fowler, I say. Ah, the game day guy's on. Right. So, but yes, I would feel like it's even bigger if Joe Buck was there. We've got to go to a break. I've just received word Kevin Henry plans to join us soon, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, <laughs> scoot closer to the radio, everyone. Break time live in Lawrence. Back after this. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. You're home for Sooner fans. 
WTJ back with you. T-Row in the Morning Show. The T-Row in the Morning Show powered by Riverwind Casino. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, TJ, I think Plank blocked me for uh, agreeing with him that he is a massive homer. Can you help me? Um, I received your text, so you have not been blocked. Plank, you've got to quit telling people they're blocked. You do not know how many people (laughs) email me or call the station upset because you've yelled that you've blocked them. And most of the time you haven't. This has become a thing, like, just in the Since the Baker game, yeah. Yeah. I think that's when it started. Hey, by the way... TJ, you're on with uh, Kevin Henry now. I good am. morning, TJ. Oh, good morning, Kevin. How what are a surprise. You? What a surprise. So well, you're uh, snuggled up next to Toby in his hotel room. The room next door. Room? He said he could hear me through the wall. <laughs> That's okay. Which I doesn't bother You were worried me that about bad. that. Yeah. I was worried about that. And I hate that for Kev. Did I wake you up? No, you didn't wake me. I don't know who's in this room next to me on this side. And so I'm really, I'm, I, I, for some reason, I feel like it's in my head, it's Doc Sadler. <laughs> but I don't know who it is. It may not be anybody, but I've, I fear I've angered someone this morning. Is the elevators this way? No, it's right, right out here. Oh. It's in the middle. It may be somebody there then. Yeah, I assume somebody's there. I don't know. I'm worried about it. I've been worried all morning about it. I slept with the TV on last night, so I could barely hear you. Okay. But even with the TV on, you could hear me? Uh, a little bit? A little. Oh, boy. That's okay. Don't worry about it. Give Give me uh, one more uh, text there, Teach, and then we'll talk a little hoops with Kev with seatbelt. Uh, Herb Street did call TCU Kansas State at one point last night. <laughs> so that, that did happen. Solid. Uh, how you doing, partner? I'm good. You good? good. You good. excited about tonight? I am. Feel good, man. But the fans want to know: Do we have a shot tonight? I think we do. I think we do. It's, this is one of those games where Porter Moser keeps his teams close. And if you think about it, Toby, we are two possessions away from being three and zero. Yeah, we were talking on the show yesterday. Three shots are the difference between this team being three and zero and zero and three. Yeah, and and. Kansas is two possessions away from being 0-3. Mm-hmm. You know, they it took a miracle for them to win a game or two as well. So, you know, there's a big difference in 3-0 and and 1-2. and But when you look at these two teams, when you look at this conference, it's not the first-place team and the eighth-place team. It's more of the, the margins are a whole lot smaller than that when you get down to it. So, I mean, both teams here are, are literally two possessions away. So, the way that Porter keeps his teams close, you know, if it's a – you know, one or two possession game, which you imagine uh, going down the, you know, the last four minutes of this ball game. I mean, that's that's when you you really have a good shot. And I, I like our guys. Is uh, I like this team this year, and I like our chances. Well, well, let's talk a little basketball here, and then we'll get into other stuff next because I know you want multiple segments on the show today. So we'll talk something <laughs> else next hour. <laughs> um, okay, so. Who do you look at tonight for them and you say you got to keep the wraps on him? I mean, the, the obvious answer is Jalen Wilson, but is there somebody else or is it him? It's, it's Grady Dick. Mm. He, he is a no-catch guy. Do not let him get hot from three. I don't know. I mean, you'd like to say that Kansas can you know score from inside and outside, but I'm not sure there's many teams in this league that can beat you with just twos. 
They, they can't make enough twos to beat you because the – and now the Sooners have to shoot well. But there's not a lot of teams like Texas Tech. They struggled from three. And, yeah. and they couldn't make enough threes to beat the Sooners the other night. So, I, I look at Kansas a lot of the same way. Now, this is Kansas, and they're at home and all those other things that you already everybody already knows about. But if you – Take away Grady Dick. Jalen Wilson's going to – he's good. I mean, he's going to get his. But if you take away his three-point shot, Dewan uh, Harris. Harris's uh, three-point shot, you take those shots away on the perimeter, I mean, you, you really increase your chances. I always fear the 12-0 run in this building. It's inevitable. Like, it's – at some point, you're going to be up eight, and you're going to turn around to get something out of your bag, and you're going to be down four. Like it just and it's instantaneous that they go on those runs here. And and you're right. There's not, but that happened the other night. I mean, we were up 13, mm-hmm. and Tech went on a run that was remarkable. I mean, they made a bunch of shots and got and ones and and all those types of things. The crowd got really into it. So uh, you know those things will happen. The Sooners will make their run. The Jayhawks will make their run. It's it's always that team that makes the last run, but. Um, I, I was talking to some of the guys yesterday, and I said, "How do you how do you play with the crowd? What what is your, you know, your attitude towards the crowd noise?" And Grant Sherfield says, "I don't really hear them. Once we get out there and start playing, I don't really. I just, I just block out the noise. And so that's what you got to do here. I mean, this place gets crazy. I mean, as most Big Twelve places do. But uh, you got to block out that crowd noise so you can focus on what you need to do on both ends. They've pre- they played pretty well in big like opposing crowd environments." This year, they haven't had a lot of them. They played well at Villanova, just didn't win. They played well at Tech. That's the only other true road game they've had, won that game. The game in Charlotte, that was a decent crowd. They played well against Florida there. Uh, I'm trying to think of their – oh, the Arkansas game. They didn't play terrible against Arkansas. I mean, they just – Arkansas is just really good and got them, so – I, they haven't shriveled, I guess is my point. No, and, and that's what uh, that's a good thing about Porter's group. I mean, they always are going to have that that steady flow of really good offense and play mm-hmm. really good defense, and Porter's going to find the spots that the Sooners can take advantage of, whether it's that ball screen, out top, or on the wings, or whatever else. He'll find spots for the Sooners to, to do well. You want to talk about salad when we come back? Sure. All right. <laughs> Kevin Henry's <laughs> with me. Top of the hour, 8 o'clock. We're in Lawrence, Kansas. We'll be back.